last time on Join the Party. Anara, Johnny, and Tracy make their way back to Kiko Castle, and Alonzo is nowhere to be found. As they start to look around, a column of flame erupts on the horizon, and the speaker finds our party right away. If I know Alonzo, I'm worried he's in Tortopolis. I haven't spoken to anyone there in quite a number of years. They had a democratic upheaval. They've been having elections every few months. They ride towards the appearance of the fire and find nothing but a circle of ash and a cavern leading directly into the ground. It would be crazy to jump in that hole, right? That's a 60 feet drop and you don't have feather fall. I'm going. Oh no. We join our heroes at the bottom, covered in mud. Let's get the party started. This Colosseum looks like the Roman Colosseum. And I'm not talking the original Roman Colosseum. I'm talking what it looks like now. How it's all stone and cracked and dust and dirt. But it can still support the weight of thousands of thousands of people. And as you look around, the stands are packed. Everyone is cheering for you or for something. And that's when you hear the announcement come over the speaker. Representative Brink has everything going for her. Great friends, a loving family, a powerful army of mud monsters who can attack at any moment. There's just one thing missing. Someone to share her life with. Twenty of the hottest warriors from the concentric states are here to fight for her heart. And one of them will end up by her side. Welcome to the premiere of the Bachelorette Tournament. The PA shuts off and the crowd explodes. They are cheering their heads off. And as you are looking around and hearing all of them to scream and shout, monsters start to rise from the dirt at your feet. They have hooked noses and wings with holes through them, and they're entirely made of mud. Let's roll for initiative. We're going to do the action movie style of initiative like we did back in the end of Political Party. So you three are going to roll initiative and I'm going to roll initiative for the bad dudes. You guys are going to move as a group and I'm going to give you one minute of in-game time to plan what you're going to do out loud. 17. 17. Guys, are you kidding? Wait, do I add my plus three? Non-natural 20. Oh. oh man, we I'm about to get 17. I got 16 plus 1 for 17. Sorry. Oh. I rolled 17 plus plus 3. I mean, it's good. It's fine. I like it. I no, we, we did it. great, guys. Our average is then 18. <laughs> I rolled a 19, so the mud monsters are going to go first. There are 12 of them surrounding you in a circle, and you're waiting, all of you poised, waiting for them to attack. But at first, they don't make any moves towards you. It's just the crowd cheering, and they're circled up. And in clumps of three, they move into each other. And they congeal and morph and turn into a sort of cannon that is aimed at all three of you. You have four cannons shot at all of you. The cannons train their barrels out on you and fire massive globs of mud at each one of you. Tracy, you get fired at twice. So, Tracy, I'm going to roll against your AC twice. Tracy, I got a ten. Now, that does not hit my good armor. And that is my first nat one with this dice. Um, <laughs> How the tables turn. Tracy, one glob of mud just wings over your shoulder to the right. <laughs> Splats a, a looker. It. It's like there's a splash zone, like at the bottom part of the arena. Are they, they wearing ponchos? ponchos? They are wearing ponchos. And actually, the guy who got hit is cheering like, yeah, I paid extra for this ticket. Yeah. And the one that rolled the nat one. It's like the cannon is trying to go off and it backfires and it just kind of explodes. And the cannon splats down to itself and only one of these mud monsters come back from being the cannon. Anara, I'm going to roll against you now. 
15? I have an AC of 14. Oh, that's a hit. Make a dexterity saving throw, please. That's an 18. Okay. I got 11 points of damage, and the effect of whatever happens doesn't happen to you. So, so I take the damage, but not the effect. Yes. Okay. Do you have a thing that keeps you from getting hurt by stuff? I sure do, which is uncanny dodge, meaning that I take half damage on things that hit me. Goddamn. All right, you only take five points of damage. Thank you. After it hits you, it doesn't settle like water does. Like if you're hit with a water cannon, it just kind of all flops. It just kind of all slides to your feet. As it kind of congeals around your feet, you hop out of the way. And I yell, I'm rubber, you're glue. You're not going to stick to me, motherfucker. I like it. All right, Johnny, I got a 16. 13. Okay. Big dexterity saving throw. Nope. Johnny, you take nine points of damage. You're also restrained in your spot for one minute. At the end of your turn, you can make a saving throw to get out of it again, but you are stuck in the mud at your feet. Where is the representative sitting? You know what? That is a very good question, Amanda. Uh, why don't you make a perception check? Uh, it's a seven. Okay. You're looking around for the representative and where she might sit, and you don't see her anywhere, but what you do see is that there are banners all over the Coliseum that are unfurled, and you're pretty sure it's her visage, because it says Representative Brink at the bottom of every single one, and above it is... Imagine there's a mountain the size of Mount Everest and like as rocky and craggy and terrible and someone carved a human woman's face into the top of it. Is she pretty? She is equally pretty as she is probably going to stab you in the eye. So the most pretty that pretty can be. Yeah, I would say so. (laughs) Okay, you guys have one minute on the clock. Three, two, one, go. So guys, the patches on my gay cloak are lantern, mirror, door, dog, dagger. Will any of them be helpful to us here, we think? Door? Door, maybe, just to see. I mean, I do have to say, like, Tracy is pissed, and he's going to rage, and he's going to shoot his cannon at everything. Okay, I think we can do this with normal Door is going to be an escape. So the only one I would do is dog, because daggers would not be the kind of damage we would want. It seems like just kind of any kind of physical damage will knock them out of formation. That one that's by itself won't reform, but I can do one Eldritch Blast at two of these guys to at least unform them, and if you guys can hit... One of those, each one they one. can't reform yeah. into at least a cannon. That's fine. So, I don't know if Tracy would... You guys have 10 seconds left. I don't think Tracy's going to respect order. Like, I think he's going to go first and just fart. Right I mean, if you're going to shoot, you're going to shoot, it. but we'll okay. just shoot as well. Three, yeah. cool. two, you have a range one. Right? All right, what are you guys doing? Tracy is raging and shooting. Okay, tell me what that does. Tracy looks around in his surroundings and see that he is encircled by giant mud monsters. He's not happy that he fell through a hole and is his death is being cheered by the thousands of people. And he instinctively goes into the biggest rage he's ever raged. Okay, this is the rage that you're accessing with yourself, so that's the one that you get today. Yes. And he looks up at the cannons and he says, You think that's a cannon? And he cocks his arm and takes a shot yes. at the cannon to the left. Oh, hell yeah. All right, roll... Rolling Bones. 16? Yeah, that hits. Give me that damage. I think it's 2d6. I got two fours, and I get to add a plus one for my dexterity and a plus two for my rage. So that is 11 damage. Okay. You point to the one on your left, and it just explodes. It's like someone jumped into a, a massive mud puddle in the middle of a storm, and the crowd cheers for the robot with a gun on its arm. And two mud monsters come out of the cannon. And then I use my extra attack, and I reload and shoot again. All right, shoot another one. It's a natural 20. All right. Hey, now. So what does it look like when you do a natural 20 on your arm cannon? It's a thunder cannon. So what happens is I cock it, and I expect a bullet to come out, but instead it's just a burst of pure thunder and lightning. And it goes straight from my arm to the cannon. And Tracy's actually taken a little aback by the energy that's coming out of his hand. Hell yeah. Okay. The thunder and lightning swirl together. I like think it's like double dragon move and just burst this cannon. And it splat again, it hits the splash zone. Like the whole right side of the Coliseum just gets hit with mud. 
So I rolled a 6 plus 5 for an 11, which is doubled for 22, plus 1, so 23, plus 2 is 25. Oh, goddamn. Okay, woohoo! Hell yeah! Only one of the mud monsters backs out of this cannon at this point, and it is like woozy. It's like, what happened while I was uh, fusioned here? And Tracy is panting and furiously looking around the Coliseum. I like this. Johnny's going to cast Eldritch. Eldritch. I don't know how to say any of my spells. Prestidigitation. Don't cast that, please. (laughs) Johnny's going to cast Eldritch Blast Mm -hmm. on um, the remaining cannon. That's two bursts. Okay, roll the attack on both of them, please. Yes. Big money, big money. 16 plus 7 for a 23. Yeah, that'll hit. Plus 7? 11 plus 7 for a 18. Okay, that cannon explodes, and they unform. The mud unforms from the cannon, and they're these kind of, like, little monsters just, like, hitting around, and then you, like, zap one of the other ones, and it just, like, splurts down. Uh, how many are left on each? There are two standing next to each other, and then there's one in each other. So Inara is going to use her thus far unused longbow and shoot it at one of the single mud monsters. All right. Roll attack, please. That's a 12. Okay. You knock your arrow, and you let it fly, and it just runs right through one of these mud monsters. And again, it explodes like a party favor. A terrible party favor filled with mud. I think it's easy to say that the three of us went through that with a lot of panache. I think we're doing a good job in our first round of The Bachelor. Wait, what's on the Jumbotron? Yeah, there's a Jumbotron in this Colosseum that's held up by a massive arc of stone that is going over the top of the Colosseum. It's not like a dome. There are two crosses of stone over the top in a circle and then hanging from the bottom. It's kind of like a lantern, but instead of a lantern, it's a massive jumbotron. Awesome. And before the jumbotron was trained on the action, but now you can see that the camera is turning to the left, which is behind you guys. And for the first time, you're seeing that there is a proscenium arch behind you. It's a little bit raised and um, no one was standing on there before. But now you see there's like one chair that is right in the middle of it with a high back as purple and velvet and etched in gold. Not Alonzo, not Alonzo, not Alonzo, not Alonzo. (laughs) And out of nowhere, like walking out from the ground is an elf with gold hair that goes all the way down to her feet. And she sits down in the chair and somehow her voice is amplified to go over the PA system that's been rigged up and she and she says hey man I don't really understand who this person is who's supposed to look like me but she's just knocking up this arrow like this that is insane I'm gonna take her out with everything I have <laughs> are you with me everybody I'm the only Thawthorn that is living out in this coliseum okay and the entire crowd just cheers and goes wild and a creature dressed in all black just kind of comes out of nowhere and tosses her something you can't see from that far. And she takes aim and fires a hand cannon towards Anara. And Anara, you're hit right in the dead of the back. And you take 10 points of electric damage. Oh yeah? Who's with me? Who's with me, Yoli Fawthor that matters? The crowd is going insane. The woman gets up and runs off stage. And then a centaur with a hair up in a top bun comes up and tries to navigate himself and sit back in the chair. Oh, man, that's going to be a whammy. Is this centaur Ryan Seacrest? That is not Ryan and no, And just like there's tepid applause from the crowd and another creature dressed in all black just kind of shuffles the centaur off to the side. I think that all of you have turned towards the proscenium arch at this point. And to everyone's surprise, a warforged walks up in sterling metal and tattoos all over its body. Oh, look, I have found a friend to play with. Another detective for P-R-O-O to play. Beep boop. I am a robot. Boop. And the crowd just instinctively goes wild because everyone loves this robot. It's crazy. P-R-O-O? Everyone just calls Hero? it Poro for short. Pro- okay, good. Oh yeah, I just God. want to make sure that that's what oh you were doing, God. and I'm very happy that that's what you're doing. 
It is now the Mud Monster's turn. Okay. Three of the Mud Monsters try to run together to become another Mud Cannon. Johnny, you're the one who's still caked in mud. The Mud Monster runs up to you and just tries to beat you up around the knees. Um, that Mud Monster rolled a natural 20 to beat you up. Okay. So I think it looks like you instinctively try to run out of the way because this is a little guy. And then you just like, you fall over because you don't remember that you're stuck to the ground. This just makes me sad. <laughs> luckily, luckily, you only take six points of damage, even oh, from luckily, my crit. I'm at 22 health. Am it I prone? Your turn. Or did out. I? Did yeah, I, you know, Or did I like whoop back up because I am still attached to the ground, so I can just whoop? It didn't spring. <laughs> you whoop back up. This is fine by me. Yeah, he's I like, whoop back he's up. A, um, he doesn't fall down. I, if, you, as Hinara's eyes, like like Pepe the skunk, are going woo 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 woo. Okay, just to give you an orientation of where the enemies are, there is one mud cannon off to your three o'clock, and there is one mud monster who's just trying to go. Why I oughta? Oh, why I oughta think? Okay, three, two, one, go. Tracy's gonna kill your wife. Okay, well, the wife is gone. There's the only people that Tracy's are, chasing after your wife and is going to kill, kill the mud monster. Great, I'm being attacked. I do want to say that uh, no one is on the Presidium yes. March at the moment. They're gone. Okay, so I'm gonna shillelagh the dude in front of me because they don't take too much damage yep. and whatever. That'll be the or I won't and I'll Eldritch Blast whatever. You two need to kill the other guy. Tracy's going to kill her wife. Okay, uh, you guys go before me and I will dagger whoever's left. You guys, there's a tra- full cannon. Uh, Okay. Tracy's in a rage. He's attacking who attacked you. Like, his bottom. That's it. Okay. I don't I'll have make a, it, I don't have a decision. So, so I'm being attacked, and you're just going to leave. If it's the close one, I'll die. You're being attacked. There's two people. There's, you know there's those little dinosaurs in Jurassic Park? You're I being took six by damage. I'm at 22, and there's a cannon focused at us, and Tracy will leave. That's fine. I'm just clarifying. I will Eldritch Blast this dude, and if the first one hits, I will Eldritch Blast the cannon. If not, I have to Eldritch Blast the dude. And if dude. not, I'll right, longbow the cannon. All right. Who's going first? Tracy's going first. Okay. How tall are the walls and how far away is he from the arch? <laughs> okay, this thing's huge, and they're off to one side of the Coliseum. So you would have a hard time running over there. I'd also say that just as suddenly as they appeared, these people disappeared as the people in black kind of like shuffled them off somewhere. Tracy is infuriated when he sees Inara grounded by this cannon, and he starts shooting wildly up at this arch. All right, why don't you roll to hit the chair? Uh, he's maddened by rage and cannot aim properly. And Brandon, he, would you roll? Uh, <laughs> he rolled a seven total. Okay. You aim directly at the purple and gold chair. And although you think in your mind that you have trained on it, you've shot wildly to the left. And Tracy is screaming bloody murder while he's doing this. Yeah. Are you running while you're doing it? Because yes. that would make sense to me if you were trying to shoot while the run. 100%. Okay, so Tracy's just like breaking the circle right here and is running towards the purple chair. Do I hit any of the audience or anything? No. The audience is pretty thrilled. I mean, you are a, a robot going crazy. Well, I have less than half health, so I'm going to attack the thing that's damaging me and then the thing that's trained on us. So I'm going to cast Eldritch Blast. Cool. Okay, Two so you're going to do the first one the thing in front of you? Yep. Yep. That is a 16 plus 7 yeah. for the one in front of me, and then a 4 plus 7 for the cannon. Okay. What does it look like when you do Eldritch Blast really close? I bring my hands together and Kamehameha, just like a blast of light and dark energy that comes out as force energy that just blasts and hits this guy okay. in front of me. I like that. Will you make a dexterity saving throw, please? Uh, natural one. Okay. So as you were so focused on literally training the light to just, like, destroy this thing in front of you, in the back of your mind, you hear the voice of the shadow that says, Ah, yes, I know what you're doing. You want to hurt this thing. You want to use the light to hurt it. Do it. Do it. Do it. And as it's freaking louder and louder and louder when you're aiming at the cannon, it's just entirely throwing you off. And you fire skyward, and it bounces off of the Jumbotron. And the entire crowd starts to boo you. 
It's like, hey, well, a lot of public funds went to go into that Jumbotron. Woo, woo. I, uh, then... It's national lottery funded. Uh, okay, well, if I may, I then yell to everyone, Next time, use your lottery funds to fund education and not entertainment. Roll charisma roll. I love that he's... 19 plus infinity. He's 19 daddy. plus four. God damn, you just dadded the whole... Okay, you like you like talk... Like, everyone in the crowd is just like, oh, wow, man. I they feel- reevaluate their life choices. They decide to yeah. commit their lives to education reform. Guys, we've solved this arc already. <laughs> we fixed it. You're welcome, Tortopolis. And Johnny, as you say that, and the whole crowd just gets really thoughtful for a second, a creature dressed in all black kind of like appears at your side, just kind of comes out of the ground and hands you a potion and then settles back into the ground and disappears. Drink it, Johnny. Can I drink it? If you want to drink it, you'd have to drink it now. Drink it. Drink it, drink it, drink it, drink it. Seeing that the crowd has come to Johnny's side... He takes this drink, which was clearly given to him for educating the people and dadding them, because clearly they've not had enough father figures around Mm -mm, mm -mm. to, you know, set them on their ways, and he drinks the entirety of the potion. I love it. Heal yourself 15 points of damage. Yeah! Yeah! He was getting out of poison! (laughs) And then he's also poisoned. And then Johnny Johnny dies? 35 health. Thank you. There you go. Anara, it's your turn. I'm going to once again fire my longbow into the cannon. That's an eight. Eight in total? Eight in total. Yeah. You fire the arrow directly into the mouth of the gun, and it's just kind of like stuck in some goop inside the gun. At this point, when you fire at the cannon and nothing happens, Oatcake starts running out from your feet, and it starts barking at the cannon. And it's like going... And then it runs up to the cannon and tries to bite it. Okay, gets its mouth all up in that mud and just like does not do any damage. It's just like you know, it's just she's just a muddy puppy. Okay, be careful. The cannon notices Okay, just like stuck in it and like rolls backwards to try to get a good shot on the dog. And as it's about to fire, Johnny, you look over to the proscenium arch that Tracy is still running furiously at, and someone else has walked up to the purple chair. A human woman walks up with a shaved head and a uniform of white and silver that's just all gleaming. And she sits down. What's and the sit- light situation coming off of that? The light situation coming off of her is very good, Johnny. Really? And she says, well, I do not think oh dear. that anyone from the undying light should ever be firing upon a nice dog like that. I do not abide by that. I need to step in and do something. I rescind my religion. And she fires an Eldritch Blast at the cannon right before it fires on Oatcake. And it explodes and two of the mud monsters unfurl out of them and stumble back. Can I have free action like pew 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 but with little bursts of light from my fingers at her? Her eyes go wide when you make the light go off your fingers. It's like a fun and she little... does the fa- and she does the finger gun with the light right back. Oh at Jesus! You. And she gasps and she tries to run off stage, but the creatures dressed in black just come out of nowhere, out of the ground, and put her back in the chair. And there's like three of them surrounding her, and one of them gets really close to her ear and whispers in it, and she says, oh, "I don't know if I'm comfortable." Like, oh, I mean, this is really just oh, okay, okay. I thought I was the only one who ever believed in the undying light. But I guess I have a compatriot out here on the battlefield. There's a slow clap that builds through the entire crowd. And it just gets louder and louder and louder. And everyone's just cheering for this woman. I have bad news for everyone here. I have a literal piece of the undying light. I am basically a messiah if they're all believers of the undying light. The two mud monsters are each running at Johnny, who's still stuck in the mud by himself. And but Nara. standing. But still standing. While the two mud monsters start running at Johnny, they just get blasted by the woman standing at the purple chair, again with two more Eldritch Blasts, and they're defeated. I uh, finger guns back at her again. And she gasps so fraughtly that she actually starts to cry a little bit. And at that point... Can I press the digitate from this far? 
No, to it's wipe free. away the tears. That's very far. You could try. From the finger guns, I do a wave in one direction and the other, casting Prestidigitation to wipe away the tears. What I think happens is that it's like you're casting Mage Hand, mm. but like the Mage Hand can't really do anything. It's just like just to wipe away these tears. It's like the Mage Hand is bringing a tissue, and then she casts <laughs> Prestidigitation to take a hand that grabs the tissue that comes back and then wipes the tears away from her. And she just gasps again and is just like waving at you trying to jump out of the chair and the three creatures then grab her and shuttle her back down to wherever they were going. You guys defeated the Mud Monsters! Yay! You did, and Anara got shot in the back and that was crazy. Yeah, but I saw my true love. Here's the thing though, Eric. Oh, he's still alive. I am still raging. Yeah. And what happens is that when I saw that Oatcake was in danger, Tracy turns around exasperated and takes a second to kind of collect himself trying to discern between these two threats he stops suddenly in the path towards the arch panting turns towards where oatcake was in danger hesitates and then almost begrudgingly takes off again towards the spot where oatcake was attacked from with his great axe raised and starts hacking away at the mud. I'm going to casually walk behind Tracy. I have advantage towards this yeah. to turn off his rage switch. I think you just do it. You're not in combat anymore. Okay, cool. And Tracy falls down to the ground and just pants and sort of looks up at the stadium and the crowd but is not taking any information in. It's just kind of like a blurry mess. Sure. Here's the thing, Tracy. When you, you just kind of collapse down, you just fall into a whole, like, puddle of mud. And on the Jumbotron, they're playing a wacky blooper. And it's Tracy falling down into the mud. And everyone is kind of laughing at it. Johnny pats Tracy on the back and tries to help him up, casting prestidigitation to clean him up a bit. Tracy shuts down. He collapses completely and goes dark. And Inara is standing kind of stunned in the middle of the stadium. Oatcake, when disengaged from the mud cannon, came back over to me, and I just knelt in the muddy floor of the Coliseum and hugged her to my chest. Johnny will use this moment to speak to the crowd. Now, I may be a new keeper of the Undying Light here in wherever I am. But I have a question. Did we or did we not put on a good show? Round of applause for this team right here, everybody. Yeah, and the whole crowd goes crazy and just cheers. And while this is all going on, there's like happy music is playing. It's like you guys are getting like a fade out, your theme song. And behind you, you see the same creature that gave you the potion, dressed in all black, just came out of nowhere, came out of the ground. So it's like, all right, don't panic. It's going to be fine. Remember... If you've drank, don't drive, walk home, use a ride-sharing app, taxi services are available, pay your bartender, and uh, don't do drugs. Well, that's happening, and you're saying all these things back down to the crowd. All three of you and Oatcake are sinking into the ground. You're up to your feet and up to your waist, and Johnny's doing his final goodbyes, and you are sinking down through the ground into the mud, and you fall down. And I swear to God, it looks like you're in a cheesecake factory. Hey, it's Amanda. Have you ever had a super intense work week? The kind with lots of people and deadlines and moving parts. A week that you were dreading for a full month beforehand. And do you know that feeling when you're the last one in your office on the last hour of the last day of that long, long week, and finally, it is quiet. All the stuff is done. All the people are gone. And you have an entire weekend ahead of you. And best of all, next week can't possibly be as intense as this one was. Well, this is that slight ringing in your ears when everyone is finally gone. Welcome to the mid-roll. A big hello to our newest patrons, Sam, Alicia, Eli, Velma, Xander, Frank, Emily, Rach, Jessica, Olivia, and Jordan. You have all made a very good decision. 
And for all 124 of you who comprise our community of members on Patreon, we have a fun bonus activity for you. If you want to play along with the audience in Tortopolis as we watch this competition unfold, you can fill out an actual bracket for your very own Fantasy Bachelorette Tournament League. Draft your four favorites with some friends and bet all of your gold pieces. It can be friends IRL, friends in your Discord, but you get to run your own fantasy tournament and it's going to be awesome. But this is just for patrons. So if you've been on the fence about joining, now is an awesome time to pull the trigger for as little as $1 per episode. That is at patreon.com slash join the party pod. We are sponsored this week by 20-Sided Store in Brooklyn, New York, whose co-owner, Lauren Belanco, is our resident master dungeon master. Each month, we bring her one of our listeners' questions about games and GMing. Today, our question is, how much collaboration do you think players should do in the character creation process? Should they work out party composition or tie their backstories together before session one? Or is it more fun not to discuss anything at all and find out you have a party of all monks in the first game? Lauren says, I've done both. It totally depends on the campaign I'm running and the players I'm working with. Would the story be better for the characters' backstories to unfold slowly in the campaign, like in Reservoir Dogs or Aliens? Or would it be better for this campaign to have a rich backstory as to why this party is together and give them a common goal, like in The Goonies? I ask these questions at the start of every new campaign. Thank you, Master Dungeon Master. And if you, listener, are interested in picking up some supplies to inspire your next pop culture-oriented campaign, you can head over to 20sidedstore.com or visit them in person in Brooklyn, New York. Either way, use our discount code JOINTHEPARTY for 20% off. That is 20, the full word, sidedstore.com, and the discount code is JOINTHEPARTY. You know what's better than listening to a new episode of a podcast you really love? Listening along with someone you care about. So pause the episode right now to tell a friend about Join the Party. Text someone that you already love to talk about pop culture stuff with, and send them the link to jointhepartypod.com slash recap. That's where we have a summary of our first arc, links to all of the arcs that came after, and a little explanation of that whole after-party thing. And when you do, tweet us a screenshot. We will then bestow upon you a magical item for use in your next adventure. And now, let's get back to the show. You three are dropped into what looks like the lobby of a cheesecake factory where it's just like Greco-Roman and like seashells and like Victorian Egyptian Rococo just like all thrown together. It's just like all these different like ideas of what excess and like luxury looks like with someone threw it together all on the cheap. This sounds like Johnny's house. It might be. Johnny might live here and you're just looking around and you're in the atrium of a giant house behind you are two big double doors and everything looks bananas around you and you see some stairs coming up and just hallways that are leading in a few different directions a bananas foster cheesecake is that what we're there's also a bananas fosters cheesecake sitting on a end table right to your left i ordered 12 there are no waiters in front of Is you. Is it sliced already? Inara has three and a half cheesecakes in her mouth currently. <laughs> <laughs> Full cheesecakes? <laughs> yes. Right. As an artist stuffing, stuffing cheesecake into her mouth, the doors open wide and 20 people of all different races just start running in and screaming, going, oh my God, look at this house. This is so crazy. I can't believe we're living here. Run in and then start running up the stairs. I place my hand on Tracy and Inara and my foot on Oatcake and a light step ahead of the crowd into one of the open doors upstairs, which is a bedroom and it's our bedroom and there's enough beds for all of us. Okay, here's what I'm gonna here's what I'm gonna say. <laughs> I'm gonna say that you can't teleport directly into that, a you room. You're in you're in the hall you're in the hallway upstairs. You are definitely ahead of the pack where they are bearing down on you. Sure. What happens as soon as you come down? So the light step is gonna take us to the landing. Okay, and then you get of, one action. Right, ahead of everyone else. So I'm gonna do an investigation check to see which bedroom is preferable. Okay. And then I, to hedge our bets, am going to run into one and prepare to hold off the crowd. Tracy's going to lie on the floor because he's off. 
<laughs> but yeah, we got that bud. Useful obstacle. I like it. I like it. Oh, can I position Tracy as an obstacle? God damn, I was waiting for you to say that. Okay, yes. very good. Yes. And I will position Tracy as an obstacle into the one I run in. Okay, I'm going to say if you're going to the closest one, the action is going to be dragging Tracy. I want Johnny to make a strength check. I'm sorry, I know that's not your thing, but you got to position <laughs> Tracy in front of these people. Anara, make an investigation roll. It's a 16 for me. Nice. Come on, come on, come on. Big money. money. Hey, guys. Good job. I got a non-natural one. (laughs) You got a one? (laughs) But it was a two minus one for non-natural. Non-natural one. Okay. The move you did was cool. Touching all three of them and then you light step. And okay. And okay. You all kind of flomp onto the landing. Burst of light. Burst of light. pretty. And you try to position Tracy in front to fall on top of these people. But he's just too too heavy for you. And you're really just struggling. It's really collapsing on top of you. Anara, you rolled a 16? Yep. Okay. You quickly peek into three out of four of the bedrooms. And you notice that all four of the bedrooms have two bunk beds and one single bed. And the one on the far left has their own bathroom. I run into that bathroom. How are you running into the bathroom? Like a swimmer in the Olympics, I'm going to just tumble into that bedroom so that I can like put my toe over the line and claim it before anybody else can run up behind me. Hell yeah. All right, I like it. Roll acrobatics. That's a five plus six acrobatics. Sure, okay. You try to tumble through the crowd. Some of them split off to the two bedrooms, one on either side, but... It seems like some people are intentionally going from the far bedrooms. And as you tumble through, you get to that far bedroom that you were checking out with the bathroom. And at the same time as you get there, a gooey slap happens to your right. And you look over and there's a gelatinous cube that has also put one corner of itself down. I'm going to tumble forward and plaster myself against the ladder of the bunk bed. Okay. The gelatinous cube also kind of shuffles forward and just kind of fully consumes the single bed. Listen, buddy, do you even need a bathroom? I need this. I got my party mates. I got a dog. I got a family. I am a human who needs to do human things, and I need to go to the bathroom, and that's why I need a private bathroom, because I only go to the bathroom in private. No, but seriously, there are three of us and one of you, so, like, can we reach an arrangement here? I have a bunch of gold. As a human, I also need to sleep, and this bed is going to be perfectly comfortable for me, as uh, my name is Chad, and I am going to be friends with you. We are going to be roommates. I like roommates with human. If there are only three of you, that means there's still space for me, Chad, in this bed. All right, Chad, fair enough, but I get first dibs on the bathroom. That's fine. I shower at night. Sounds great. And then we high five. <laughs> what does um, that feel like? It feels, Brandon... Like high-fiving a jello casserole. Yeah, that's exactly just what it is. I was going to say jello casserole, and you nailed it. <laughs> and are you look at your hand, it just is covered in goo. I I'm... place it down on my side to let Oatcake lick it. Okay. I'm still struggling with Tracy, right? Mm-hmm. I'm going to cast my second of three spell slots to light step into the room that Inara got into. And we go into Inara's room, and I'm going to attempt to let Tracy fall onto... One of the two bunk beds while I move to the other. I like it. There's still one bed left in your bedroom. And it seems like a lot of people have kind of like congregated to their own spaces. You haven't seen everyone yet. But standing out in the. Not Alonzo, not Alonzo, not Alonzo, not Alonzo, not Alonzo, not Alonzo. Standing out in the hallway are three people. First is the older human woman in the all white suit who helped you guys out. There's P-O-R-O, who is the tattooed robot who said be boop. And there is the elven woman with the extremely long hair, Autumn Thawthorn. So are mm. counterparts. My wife. All three of them are poking their heads into each of the rooms and are noticing that there's only one bed left in like three of the rooms. I finger guns in their general direction. I pop my head up. Oh, Miss Thawthorn? And Tracy continues to be a laughless husk. I gotta say this. <laughs> Just checking in. <laughs> checking, in on, checking in on Tracy. Are you still deactivated? Lifeless husk Wait, alert. Wait, let's hear if he's deactivated. It's the lifeless husk cam. And that's lifeless husk. 
Hey, Eric, can you let me know it's been four hours? <laughs> sure. Yeah. Jesus. I know. That's very good. That's very good. Poro just kind of stands there and waves while the woman in the with the shaved head is like, Johnny, it was so good to see you out there. Another being of the undying light. I just want to be together with you in the room and talk to you about gods and scriptures and where we figure out all in this triangular world when it's just the light and the dark. Please let me stay in your room. You know what? I'm I'm having second thoughts. And Ms. Thawthorn is looking at you like real shady. Well, I don't have anywhere to sleep, and it seems that there are only three bedrooms left. And uh Thawthorn says, Um, yeah, I don't have anywhere else to sleep either, and I don't know if I want to sleep with this copycat of my style. I'll sleep anywhere else. Okay. And a poor old goes, Beep boop, I don't have anywhere to sleep. Can I sleep with you? Let's take the robot. Now, miss how about we meet later on to discuss the undying light? But for now, I'm tired, as you must be as well. Let's sojourn for a while, just in separate bedrooms, as the undying light would want us to. And thus we can discuss at a later point. Let's bring a P-O-R-O. P-O-R-O, why don't you come in? Because we have our friend Tracy, who he seems to have fallen asleep, and he could use your help. Uh, miss, what's your name? I'm the Thawthorns of our great green oceans of abundance, the harbinger of unity in honor of the great unification of all five states of Concentra. You know, those forests right there? I can't believe you don't know what that is. That's really offensive. Would I know what she's talking about? Yeah, this forest is on all maps. We're talking about the cities in these city states, but there's a lot of land kind of in between everything. In the southwest of the concentric states, there is a very large forest. And uh, there's a, a lot of nomadic tribes that live in there outside of the cities. And in Nara, you know that forest because somewhere within that forest is where your family is from. Yep. You are from the, the Great Green Ocean. That's what we call it. On official maps, it is that full name, the Great Green Ocean of Abundance, Harbinger of Unity, in honor of the great unifications of the five states of Concentra. We call it the Great Green. Yeah. What's that acronym? The O-G-G-O-A-H-U-H-G-U-F-S-C. Colloquially known as... There we go. Thank you. Or the Great Green. Or the Great Green. Yes. Or the GG. I don't know either of you fine ladies, but... How about we come and we talk together? Let's meet up later this eve, but for now let's sojourn as we must rest. We've had quite a tussle, as you all have seen. Uh, 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 shoe. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I like Southern Johnny a lot, guys. All right. I think with your official shoe, the two women go off but and pleasantly. And, they're all pleasantly, in a good mood. Yeah. The woman with the shaved head bows and says, Just so you know, you can call me Miss Sunbeam. And she walks over to her room. After she says that, I bow and say, A pleasure, Miss Sunbeam. And then pew pews. And she goes into one of the other rooms and Autumn Thawthorn goes. And walks in the other room, and Poro goes, Oh, thanks, guys. I really appreciate that you gave me a seat. Now I can sit next to my friend, Tracy. I'm Poro. Beep boop. And Hold he- on. Tracy, watch. Does Tracy say anything? No. No, he's no he's the not anything. And Poro sits down on the free bed. Okay. I'm going to send you all a list of all of the contestants in the Bachelorette tournament. Yes. I'm going to read all of these out loud. So we have Johnny, Tracy, and Nara. Alice Sunbeam, Poro, who is a Warforged, Autumn Thawthorn, she is an elf, Misha, an Aarakocra, Cruz, the dwarf, Ash, the centaur, who you heard before, Schultz, no one really knows what Schultz's race is, Dayton Sands is a dragonborn, Ambrose Knight is also a dragonborn, Alabama Simpson, the gnome, Chad, the ooze, as you met. You wrote Chad, Chad ooze, comma, ooze, comma, comma an ooze. ooze. <laughs> De- he's definitely an ooze. Man, H-O-O. Man, Chad Man, ooze. Polly Pickett, who's also human. Kevin Vacation, a special elf with wings. Is actually All ex- I ever wanted, vacation, have to get away. An elf with wings is actually very rare, so that's interesting. Uh, Sophie Powers is lizard folk. 
Ambrose P is a half orc. Minerva is a very small tree ant. A tree ant is kind of like Lord, very Lord of the Ringsy, like a basically an animate tree. And Ambrose T uh, is a halfling. I'm noticing a few Ambroses here. Yeah, actually, at one point, all of the Ambroses are like, "Wait, I'm Ambrose," and when it's like, "No, I'm Ambrose." Ambrose, Ambrose, K, Ambrose do they P, forget and which, Ambrose T? Do they forget which race they are at times? No, <laughs> one's a halfling, one's a half orc, and one is uh, dragonborn. So they're all very distinct. So they're, they're all, all half Ambrose. human, half something. Yes. So those are all the people who are in the competition. I guess this is kind of like a resting time. Everyone's just kind of like hanging out and getting their bearings. There's going to be like a formal kind of like cocktail party to start everything off later that night. I'm going to go into the room next to mine and say, I don't own any dresses. I love it. Okay, this is great. So this one has Kevin Vacation in it. This is Kevin, Sophie, who's a lizard, Ambrose P, who's a half-orc, Minerva, the tiny tree, and Ambrose T, a halfling. And Minerva, the tree ant, stands up and says, I don't have any dresses, but I could probably just cover you in some foliage. That's what I just do to myself. I bloom in flowers. Thanks for the offer, lizard friend. Yeah, she makes direct eye contact with you and then just gestures to her whole body and she's not wearing anything. Cool. Thanks, new friends. And then I'm going to go to the next room next door. Sure. Okay, this one has Schultz, Dayton Sands, Alice, the woman in the the suit, Alabama Simpson, a gnome, and Polly Pickett. I don't have any dresses. Can anyone help me for tonight? Schultz gets up from their single bed, stands up, and puts their hands on your shoulders. And Schultz has long red hair with bangs and lifts their bangs up, and there's a third eye on their forehead. You're marrying my friend Hephaestus. Because we both have third eyes? Because you're both very insightful. I haven't even done anything to... I can just tell by your eyes. I mean, I was going to recommend what you should wear. I mean, your two eyes, but let me know. I was just going to recommend to you what you wear, so I guess that's pretty good. All right. All right, cool. Okay, I'm going to do this. And Schultz puts their hands on your shoulders and says, You should be covering flowers. Dope, let's do it. I don't have any flowers. I just, I, I do the legwork here. <laughs> I'm going to look at the others in the room and say, anyone have dope floral clothing you don't want to wear tonight? The other three in the room just kind of like shrug and ignore you. And Alice Sunbeam stands up and is about to say something to you and then thinks better of it and then just shrugs and goes off to, to kind of like making her bed. Uh, Madam, I, I think I'm just going to borrow things from my, my friend and uncle, uh, uh, Johnny B. Goodlight. I don't know if you have anything, like, better that I could potentially borrow and just, like, wear out into public. But I just thought I would ask before I, you know, go to him, men, you uh, know. Oh, uh, no, sir. I don't have anything that would be actually floral. I just have this light white thing. And anything that Johnny can do is probably the best thing for all of us. Now, go on now. I need my beauty time. Let's try the third room. Okay. In the third room, this is Ash the Centaur, Cruz, who's a dwarf. Misha and Aarakocra, Ambrose Knight, the Dragonborn, and this one has Autumn Thawthorn in it. Oh, no, I don't want to go in there. Okay. Never mind. All right, so I'm going to return to my room and say to Johnny, I'm going to, like, run over to his bed and, like, put a hand in the middle of his chest and say, Johnny, do you have any floral garments I can borrow and potentially tailor? She wakes me up. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, yes, I have a ton of uh, extra clothing here, and I turn over my bag, but instead of just apples coming out of it are just a ton of fabric and a ton of just lots of clothing and all sorts of patterns, just random patterning and can be either mixed and matched or made into one beautiful looking or several beautiful. I have an entire department store worth of clothing pieces. Apparently. Makeover montage. Yeah. Makeover, makeover. Yeah. (laughs) You guys try things on and then Chad comes in and just takes like a bolt of cloth and tries to wrap it around himself. Pins in his mouth. Yeah. And there's like. And it just soaks into it. Yeah. And then Poirot tries to put on a few of your kimonos and rips off the sleeves just like Tracy would do. And then Tracy is passed out. And, and we're just he... throwing clothing onto Tracy. Uh, Tracy. Yeah, he's the reject pile. Yeah, but I, I want to... Wait, hold on. Tracy, check. How's Tracy doing? Okay, oh, no, good. he's asleep. Yeah, 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 yeah still. Good. Okay, as you guys are doing this dressing montage... Does this count as a rest? <laughs> yeah, it still counts as a rest. Okay, I'm just going to tell you guys with the rooms in this mansion, because you guys kind of like poked around, but you spend more time doing your dressing montage. Welcome to beautiful Archspire Hideaway. 
the perfect place for the bachelorette tournament to get started. Everyone who stays here is getting saucy or getting bloody. It's five to a room with special bunk beds and maybe even a private bathroom for those who deserve it. There's a kitchen to fit all 20 of you together for whoever's there for that long. There's a gym if you just want to work out your muscles. And two bars. Hooray! One bar isn't just enough. There's one at the kitchen and one next to our luxurious pool. Is there a library? There's no... There's no, a library there's in the no Bachelor library. Mansion? It's an anti-library. There's a there's hot tub. There's magic users. I don't know. There's an anti-library. A hot tub. <laughs> Our special pool is long enough for you to swim forever, almost to infinity. And if you're too tired of infinity, just get in our special hot tub where the Bachelorette champions deserve to swim. I want to go back to your montage. You guys are just kind of like trying on stuff and getting ready for the cocktail hour that's going to start. And it's like two, three, four hours go by. And Tracy's just kind of like covered in fabrics and clothes. And Johnny and Inara kind of like caught up in the montage and you don't realize when Tracy melts into the floor through his bed and goes into the floor what and Tracy you wake up and you're back in the Coliseum but you're not on the ground you are a hundred feet up on a ledge off of the roof of the Coliseum no one is in the stands it is entirely empty except for three people who are staring intently at you Well, I mean, they kind of look like people. They're more like mounds of dirt and earth and rocks and mud. And they're wearing all black. There's two that are particularly lumpy. But one is coming towards you. That looks like the cookie cutter version of a person. And the cookie cutter person says to you, Wow, Tracy... Have you ever seen another Warforged before? Tracy shoots up. <gasps> First dibs on the bathroom! Join the Party is brought to you by Brandon Grugel, Amanda McLaughlin, Michael Fichet, and me, Eric Silver. I am your host and game master. Brandon edits, mixes, and scores the show. Amanda manages our community and our digital life. And Michael archives, manual checks, and cartographs our world. Special thanks to our creative consultants, Connor McLaughlin, Julia Shafini, and Hetty Hunt. The party doesn't stop here. The day after every episode comes out, we publish the after party where we sit down to discuss what just happened and learn what could have happened. Send us your questions anytime. Join our community online by following at JoinThePartyPod on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We've also got every episode up on our website, jointhepartypod.com. And you can email us questions or stories anytime at hello at jointhepartypod.com. If you're enjoying this ride as much as we are, help the show out by subscribing to us in iTunes and leaving a quick rating. For even more Join the Party goodness, check out our Patreon. Just a few dollars will get you access to drawings, character backstories, bloopers, and so much more at patreon.com slash jointhepartypod. We'll see you in two weeks. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here.